forgiveness is like sweet, sweet honey on my lips, like sound of a symphony to my ears, it's like holy water. and be glad in it. My name is Drew. Welcome to Watershed. We're so glad to see you today. Thanks for spending a part of your morning uh, on a weekend, on a Sunday with us. We are worshiping our Lord Jesus Christ today. Uh, it's so good that we have forgiveness in him and we can come to him, right? Jesus has done for us what we couldn't do for ourselves, making a way for us to be restored to God the Father. That's good news for us today. So we get to worship and celebrate. You know, I love this time of year. I love that uh, as, the, as the season is changing, slowly i guess it's cold still but the snows go away and the grass gets a little greener and things start to bud and bloom i love to get outside and in my garden and see some of the plants starting to grow i've got asparagus growing in my garden that i planted a couple years ago it's just exciting to be like hey i'm gonna eat that soon i'm really excited but it's a reminder to me every spring that just as our seasons change god can change a season in your life um, god can do a work god can grow something new all things can be new in him. So, any of you got any cool spring projects you're looking forward to or maybe not looking forward to, like cleaning the garage or any garage sales or any yard work? Or Did I need to not remind you of that today? Okay. Go ahead and just stand up, greet the people around you, share any spring projects you've got coming up with them today. Garage cleaning is definitely on my list. 
lot of garage sailing. Some of y'all got a lot of spring projects coming up. All right, we're we do have to come sing it sometime. <laughs> we're going to come back together and we're going to worship God today. When we gather as a church, every Sunday is an opportunity for us to remember the story. I don't know about you, but sometimes I think, you know, life Monday through Saturday can feel tough. And so coming on a, on a Sunday morning just feels refreshing, right? We can rest in the presence of God. We can have friendship with him. We can have freedom from sin. And so we remember the story. We remember God's story that Jesus did for us and we couldn't do for ourselves. And so we can declare with joy in our hearts that Jesus rose from the grave and he's our king and he's alive. So let's sing this together. This is our God.
God, the one we worship, the one who bore the cross, beat the grave, rose from the dead, and so we get to celebrate and worship him today. Let's sing this out. Yes, we're free, free 
forever amen when death was arrested my heart began when death was arrested my heart began when death was arrested my heart
Check out this next video from the story. followers continued to spread the word about him, including Saul, now called Paul, and his friend Barnabas. They traveled by foot and boat, inviting other followers of Jesus to join them in sharing the good news about Jesus. In each new city they visited, Paul would go first to the synagogue to share with the Jewish people that the Messiah had come. Everywhere he went, people believed what Paul was teaching and chose to start following the way of Jesus. But some simply couldn't believe what Paul was saying, and others were threatened by Paul's message and began trying to find ways to stop him. A few times, Paul and his friends were attacked and beaten so severely that they almost died. They were also thrown in jail. Despite this opposition, Paul kept telling others about Jesus. One night, sitting in prison, Paul and his fellow worker Silas began to sing songs to God in the middle of the night. When they did, a violent earthquake shook the jail, and all of the prison doors came open. The prison guard was so distraught that he took out his own sword to kill himself until Paul shouted out, Don't harm yourself! We are all here! The guard was so overwhelmed by Paul and Silas that he asked them to tell him and his family about Jesus and about God's love. In each city, Paul helped Jesus' followers organize them into communities called churches. After he left these churches, he would often write letters back to them to encourage, correct, and teach them to live more like Jesus. These letters were read aloud in the churches over and over and have continued to be read by followers of Jesus for thousands of years. I'm going to invite kids pre-K through fifth grade to join me in the corner here as we get dismissed for Sunday school. friends, let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for bringing us to your house of worship this morning on this sunny Sunday afternoon. And as we begin to wrap up our series on the story, may we see your grace and your goodness continue, continue to this day. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, good morning, everyone. Good to see you this morning. I am Aaron, Pastor Aaron, if you don't know me, campus pastor here at Watershed. Uh, Glad we're able to worship together this morning. 
We've got a lot of uh, things taking place on Heart Oaks campus here uh, over these next couple weeks, and I just kind of want to highlight these uh, and just give you the reminder, if you want to know kind of what's going on just across campus, uh, head over to heartofwake.com, check out the news and events stuff. Um, you can get more details than what we can ever cover um, here but I want to highlight a few things. First of all, this coming Saturday, the mom-to-mom sale and market, that benefits both the Honduras mission trip as well as breakfast uh, with baby. In June, if you didn't know, we've got a, a team heading down to Honduras to help build a classroom um, in participation with our community down there, friends, family, um, so uh, excited about that. So that's coming. And then as well, we're selling flower baskets. It's that time of year, as Drew said, right? We're we're planting stuff. We're hanging stuff. We have projects. Yes, I need to stain and seal my deck. Yay. <laughs> I woke up in the middle of the night freaking out about it. Is that, like, is that weird or is it just me? My obsessive compulsive? Okay. Anyways, flower baskets. <laughs> Last day to order those will be May 7, um, and you can pick them up from 9 to 11 here uh, our shed is right around the corner, actually, around the, the building. So if you're kind of wondering what's going on, again, both of these help support that classroom build. Uh, and then we are doing, there's a women's build. Habitat for Humanity is, is um, joining together with different women's groups throughout the community. Uh, that's, that's taking place May 2nd. Uh, it's limited to 10 per uh, session. I think we have two sessions Six, so the space, this is wrong. May 6. Oh, yeah. Oh, May 2, sorry. Not May 2, May 6. Thank you. See, we're all about, if, you, if you're not familiar with Watershed, this is just how we are, yo. So, <laughs> thanks, Trisha. May 6, two sections, so there's room for, for 20. I know we've got a, a good couple groups already kind of going, but if you're interested, check that out. And then, um, as many of you know, we have Adventure Week coming uh, in June. Well, registrations have been taking place, but we could also use volunteers. Uh, so if you want to, in the evenings that week, help by being a, a group leader or assistant. Um, I know Becky, who just prayed for us, if you don't know who Becky is. Becky, Sam, um, Christine, other children's uh, ministry leaders across campus could really use the help. So if you're interested in that, Again, jump over to the website. So otherwise, um, as always, we invite you to partner with us. We thank you for partnering with us financially. We don't pass a plate here at Watershed. We do have boxes as a way of giving our offerings back to God. You can give online. Um, but again, thank you, and thanks for partnering with us in all these ministries and, and many more. So if you will, let's, uh, let's pray to God together this morning. Father, uh, thank you. Um, I've got the song ringing through my head, this is our God. This is what he's done. He saved us. Lord, as we dive into Paul's mission this morning, uh, what his life and ministry was all about, so much of the New Testament covers that life. Uh, Lord, what we're going to hear and what we know is it's what you've done that was the catalyst for him to spread the good news for the early church to just carry forth the message of you, Jesus. And your message went out and gave life to the world. Thousands of years, it still continues to give life to the world. God, I ask that you give life to us today through the message of Jesus. That through your spirit, you encourage our spirits. Drew mentioned earlier, God, that some, we, we come into this place with maybe things on our mind, um, we, we have some, some things weighing heavy in our hearts. Uh, we are pleasantly distracted by great things. <laughs> but Lord, we know our life comes from you. Our ability to walk through the valleys of the shadow of death. And our abilities to celebrate on the mountaintops. Our joy that, sus that sustains us in both of those places and everywhere in between comes from the power of your spirit dwelling within us. Your breath of life, breathing life into us. So God, I just want to take a moment of silence and just let us breathe. Father, and as we breathe, may we be reminded that it's your spirit 
you, the God of the world, giving us the breath of life today. Now, God, continue to meet us in this space. Speak your truth to us, your life to us. And again, thank you for caring about our lives. Lord, as we continue to want to know you more. Pray this in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. And everyone said, amen. This morning in the story, last week we talked about kind of how the, the church became formed and was formed really by God's Spirit. And God's Spirit dwells within each and every one of us, right? There's not a place we can go. There's not a thing we can do without God's Spirit living in us. We may not always acknowledge the Spirit at work in us, but the Spirit is there trying to bring God's life, God's wisdom to us, trying to lead us, guide us, to support us and sustain us. Uh, I will say often when I refer to the Spirit of this, that the Spirit is the power the peace, the presence of God in our lives. The power, the peace, the presence of God in our lives. The gift of God with us. So be encouraged by that. It, 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 maybe that's the only thing you hear me say this morning. Be encouraged again by the message from last week. Woohoo! <laughs> but today, as we think about Paul, Paul was one of the apostles of God. Last week we saw in our video, this week we saw as well. He, he, he really becomes kind of the, the key person throughout the New Testament. So after we get through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we get the rest of the New Testament, the thin part of the Bible. Paul writes the majority of those letters to the church. And uh, I mentioned last week, the, kind of what we were covering was the beginning part of Acts, the rest of the story of Acts, from like Acts 12-ish, 13 and on, is really Paul's journey. So if you want a good kind of synopsis of everything he did, read the last half of Acts. It'll help you know, yeah, what were some of his journeys. Because, man, he had some crazy journeys, didn't he? He was, he was shipwrecked multiple times. He was jailed. He was stoned. He was whipped. I mean, he was beaten to almost to the end, to death multiple times. Like, and, and my wondering is for us this morning, how in the world could he sustain that? What in the world would motivate him to live that kind of life? And, and today as I think about that, one of my, we're, we're just going to come up to one of my favorite passages about what Paul believed his mission was, what it was that motivated him and, and moved him. And so as we were thinking, as I was processing that, I came across this uh, quote by Jay Danzy. Jay Danzy is a brand ambassador. Like, that's, that's still new for me. Like, I, I'm in my 40s, so brand ambassadors, right? Like, it, it's a new day, isn't it? Right, and everybody's got a brand, and, and I, now I'm going to, our worship team this morning, by the way, I'm going to, again, if you don't want to know behind the veil, la, 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 we were a little feisty today, right? Everybody's a little, little in a good way. We like each other. No, no problem. But, but then, I, you know, you ever get those days where you're just kind of sarcastic and playful? And yeah, if I, yeah, Brandon's like, yeah, dude. Uh, it, 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 if I go too far off on brand, you're going to see pastor goes nuts on your branding. And so we're not going to go there. However, <laughs> let's look at a second what Jay uh, says about just representing. All right, let me bring us back. Paul represented something. We all represent something. And, and I, I love what he says. He says, your smile is your logo. Your personality is your business card. How you leave others feeling after having an experience with you becomes your trademark. I love that. You are what you believe. You are what you represent. Had the privilege of uh, stepping back into coaching tennis. This week was the first full week back in. And, and it, it, if there was one thing that I was proud of um, our JV girls this week was how they represented our school, how they represented um, both their name and where they've come from, um, the people in their lives, their teammates. And we had parents even calling and talking to us, hey, your, your team, that was just, and, and I don't know about you, when those things happen, like it just, it, it puts you on cloud nine. 
So this morning, even though I'm a little, I'm a little feisty, a little sarcastic, <laughs> I am coming in today on cloud nine. We, we just had an invitational yesterday, right? Four teams battling it out. But I loved how our girls, they, they, they had the grit, they had the resolve. When they won, they, they won well. When they lost, they kept fighting, they kept battling, they kept encouraging, right? They were a great representation of our school of their families, and of who they are. We all represent something. Now, Paul, he had a brand, shall we say, and his brand was Jesus. However, when he came to the Corinthian church, their idea of what an apostle should be was not what Paul was. And so when they saw Paul and saw that he was beaten up, saw that he had been shipwrecked, and, and it wasn't like the health and wealth gospel. Like, he was being persecuted, and, you know, life wasn't all flowery and rosy. Like, and, and he wasn't actually making a bunch of money off of them, because they actually expected then their, the leaders, the apostles, to make a bunch of money off of them and build their brand. Okay, see, bring it back, bring it back. <laughs> right, they criticized him. Throughout the letters of 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, and, and actually scholars believe that that kind of wraps up four letters in total, but, but that the Corinthian church really was skeptical of who Paul was because while he said he was about Jesus, his life wasn't real great. It was filled with hardships and challenges. And they're like, wait a second, something's, something's off. But Paul said, no, no, let me tell you what the gospel really is. Let me tell you what I'm really about. Let me show you what really matters. And so let me bring us here to 2 Corinthians 5. 2 Corinthians 5, starting in verse 11. And we're going to get to hear some of just what was Paul's agenda? What was Paul's brand? What did Paul represent? And how did it move him to face anything in life, good and bad? Verse 11, since then, we know what it is to fear the Lord. Since we know what it is to fear the Lord, that means not only to be in awe and wonder of God, but to shake knees knocking. You're, 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 you're falling to your face because you're dealing with the God of the world. We know what it is to fear the Lord. We try to persuade others. We've met Jesus. We want you to know Jesus. What we are is plain to God, and I hope it's also plain to your conscience. We're not trying to commend ourselves to you again, right? By 2 Corinthians, he's already getting tired of going, man, do I got to keep proving to you that I'm, I'm a follower of Jesus? What we're talking about is the truth. We're not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but we're giving you an opportunity to take pride in us so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than what's in the heart. Right, the Corinthian church was just judging things by what they saw on exterior things, but couldn't see beyond that. Couldn't see the bigger picture. Paul continues. So if we're out of our mind, that gives us a clue, right? It gives us a clue of how the Corinthian church was kind of wrestling with who Paul was. They said he was out of his mind. If we're out of our mind, as some say, well, it's for God. We crazy for Jesus. If we're in our right mind, it's for you. Right? I'm, I'm in my right mind. I want you to know God. It's for you. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all have died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves but for him who died for them and was raised again. Paul said the thing that compels us, that moves us, that we're convinced of is the gospel. The good news of Jesus. The gospel was internalized in his life, in Barnabas' life, in Mark's life, in, in Timothy's life. All those people who kind of surrounded him. But they let the gospel, the truth about Jesus, what he's done, both in giving his life and in being raised to life, become theirs. If we're going to ever be a part of God's mission on this earth, we need the spirit one, right? We've, we know it's got to come from a power and a strength outside of us, amen? Right? I can't do everything God asks me to do. I'm incapable. I need his help. I need hope that he will work even when I can't, 
right? Because I will trip, I will fall, and I need him to lift me. I, I, I will do something successful, and I'll need him to humble me. <laughs> but in all of it, I need his spirit. I also, though, need that truth to be real, right? What you believe in matters and moves us, doesn't it? Like some folks who, who like Chevy are going to keep driving Chevys, whether or not Ford may be better this year. Hey, <laughs> anyone? I was waiting for the argument. Come on. <laughs> I've got a Ford, so yeah. <laughs> then we get into the motorcycle debate. Harley? Honda? <laughs> no, what we believe in matters for us, doesn't it? It moves us. Paul was compelled by the gospel. He knew what it was to fear and believe in the Lord. Right? I, I want to coach girl, our JV team the best I can because I believe in them being better people, not just better players. I don't do it just because I care about my daughter. Yeah, I get to hang out with my daughter at the same time. But I believe that my call isn't just to go, how do we help you hit a tennis ball better, but how do we develop you beyond this game? Right? I'm moved and motivated, and I'm really tired today because we've had four matches, invitation, you know, like. But we're willing to be tired for the things we believe in, aren't we? We're willing to, to face the challenges, the hardships. We're willing to have resilience in the things we believe in and hold on to. For Paul, he said, the thing that matters most to me, he would say later in the New Testament, everything else actually is a dung heap. It's a pile of you-know-what. Compared to the beauty of knowing Jesus, because Jesus was really life. He's saying to the Corinthian church, you may not be able to make sense of the exterior in my life, but know this, I am about Christ and Christ alone. And let me tell you this, that that Jesus died for you and believes in you and then he's given you life to become something more and that something more was actually what he created you to be in the beginning. He is life. And I don't know about you, but I'm going to fight for the thing that is life. There's too much other junk. Paul internalized the message for us. Do we internalize? Have we internalized the gospel, the good news? Verse 16, Paul continues. He says, so now from now on, from now on, right? Because I've internalized this gospel, because this is real, from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Wait a second. We regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we, don't, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. Right? If you're in Christ, you have this new life. Paul has a gospel worldview, we'll say this morning. Not only has the good news of Jesus come into his life, it now shapes how he views life. Right? It shapes how he views people. And he says, hey, listen, if you're in Christ, you're already, that, new, that old's gone, the new has come. But he also has this unique ability wherever he goes with whoever he's with. In 1 Corinthians, he says, actually, I've become all things to all men that I might win some. Like he has this ability to adapt in circumstances and situations to, because he has the ability to see potential in people, possibility in people. He has the potential to not get hung up in the things that our world says defines us, but he says, I'm, I'm going to look at you through the lens of God. So I'm going to see dignity and I'm going to see person. A purpose, and I'm going to see possibility, and I'm going to see value, and I'm going to see worth, and I'm going to love you into those things because those things are the truth. That's what a gospel worldview does. The old is gone. What Jesus has done has been done once, and that is all that needed to be. Amen? He doesn't need to come back to die again. That was good one time. Being raised to life was good one time, the Bible says, so that we can step into new life. He doesn't need to do it again. When he returns, he's just going to bring it all to its fullness. But that one time was good enough. And that worldview begins to shape us and say, you know what? I start to see things not as the way the world tells me. Social media tells me. The news tells me. Sometimes my friends tell me or my family tells me. I'm going to let the good news of Jesus continue to be the thing that tells me 
how I view the world. That I might actually be able to walk into the world with truth and grace. See, the only ability we have to extend what Jesus has given to us while also being truthful about the kingdom of God, again, is a work of the Holy Spirit, but an understanding that the gospel has changed our life. I have been brought from the old into the new. I am no longer what I was in sin, but I was in the very beginning. Right? We've all been created with the image of God, the imago Dei. And Jesus is desiring to restore that in us. And that's the new. We're just becoming what we already were before sin got in the way. Oui. There's some philosophy and theology there for you. (laughs) But a gospel worldview changes how we see each other, how we see the world around us, that we believe potential and possibility and we don't get stuck in a rut, stuck in the mess, stuck in the mire that Jesus came to save us from. Paul says we don't regard anyone anymore from the worldly standpoint. goes on to say this, verse 18, as we continue in our passage, all this is from God, right? All this is from God who reconciled us, who made us right. If you see the word reconciliation, it's always just helpful for me to think made right. That is something that is not the way it's supposed to be is now the way it's supposed to be. All this is from God who reconciled to us to himself through Christ and gave us a ministry of reconciliation. I said last week, as we live in the kingdom, we participate in that kingdom. We participate in helping people see the kingdom that's already here. Right? We have a ministry of reconciliation, helping to make things right the way they're supposed to be. And that ministry of reconciliation, he goes on further to say this in verse 19, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. That's been God's desire to bring us back to him, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. We are Christ's representatives, right? We carry that authority with us of the one we are ambassadors of. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That in him we might be right the way we're supposed to be. Right, the gospel, once it's internalized in us, once it becomes a worldview with us, right, this, this truth that God has made us right with him and he's using us to make things right in the world. How we go about doing that, man, that's for us to talk about and and enjoy having cups of coffee with and wrestle with at at boardroom tables, at at kitchen tables. You know, like the methods, there are plenty. But to make things right, to make things the way they're supposed to be. So guess what? As we talk about racial inequity, guess what? We go, okay, so are are you willing to be friends with somebody of a different color? Are you willing to be friends with somebody of a different socioeconomic status? Are you willing to be friends with somebody who thinks differently than you, maybe believes differently than you? Are you willing to step into communities that don't yet know Jesus and actually love them into the truth of what they really are in him? Ooh, I used a lot of words really fast there. Because you see potential. Because you see a person, not a project. Because you see possibility, right? When we are gospel representatives, when we are ambassadors, we're ambassadors of a kingdom where there are no more tears, no more pain, no more suffering. There are no more walls separating us from one another. There are no more constructs that stand in the way dividing us. There's no more disease that's painting us, that's continuing to shape how we see even ourselves. 
As gospel representatives, we stand in the world as people who believe not only in what God has done, but in the potential of what God can do, and we represent him. Paul says, hey, listen, and we believe in this. This God transformed us, and I believe that everything, because he's done everything he said, and when he says, guess what, I'm making all things new, I believe he's going to do that too. And I want to be a part of that. I'm tired of contributing to the other. And I think there's a point in all of our lives where we have to stop, like, we, we just got to, we got to be tired of contributing to the crap. Amen? Amen? Folks, that's the gospel. Like, Jesus saved us from it. And it doesn't mean we're going to get it all right. Believe me. But can I willfully start saying, I'm done contributing to, I'm going to do everything I can to to say, God, I need your help. I'm done contributing to the junk that keeps hurting people, that keeps harming, that keeps, like, guess It's not going to be perfect till Jesus returns. But as far as it goes by me, I'm going to live like Jesus is coming today, I'm going to live like his kingdom is actually already here because he is inaugurated, and it is. And you know what? I'm stepping into life. This is why Paul's willing to die. Because that's what it means, right? It means that much to him. I'm done. I'm done killing people for something else. I'm done with the religious agenda. I'm done with being right all the time. Ooh, crap. <laughs> I'm done. But in being done, we have something to step into. Because Christ has reconciled us, made us right with God. And he continues to empower us to step into what is new. Is it going to be a challenge? Yes. But we go by God's grace. And by his power, his presence, and his peace. Last thing that comes up is in just chapter 6, the first couple verses. We'll kind of end it there, but Paul writes this, as God's co-workers, right? His representatives. We urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. Folks, let it mean something. For he says, in the time of my favor, I heard you. In the day of salvation, I helped you. Now notice what Paul does. He says, I tell you, Now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. It isn't tomorrow. It's today. Think about gospel intentionality. Are you letting the good news today be good news to you? That may be the thing to be intentional about, living in, focusing on today. That God has taken you from the old into the new. That God has rescued from sin from death, from darkness, and brought you into a future and life and into potential and possibility. And in fact, he's making you what he already created you to be, just saying, sin no longer is going to own you because I do. Maybe that's the gospel intentionality for you today is is to just get to know Jesus, maybe just trust him a little bit more than you did before you walked in today. Let the good news be good news. But maybe for some of us, it, it, it's going back to, i got to stop contributing. The gospel intentionality goes, I, I, I'm going to start going, you know what? I'm going to stop being a little stubborn here because I'm just, I'm going to win. And maybe we just stop worrying about who wins and who loses and instead focus on Jesus. And then find out what he has the potential to do. And maybe that's our next step. Maybe gospel intentionality is actually going, you know what, i got some people in my life, I, I just got to pay attention to the one who's right in front of me. Maybe, maybe I just got to love the people that God has put in my norms and my networks. Maybe you just got to represent him well. Maybe I got to act like I got a shirt on that says, I love Jesus all the time. <laughs> How many of you that would help you a little bit in life? <laughs> it might slow me down. <laughs> I have no bumper stickers for that reason. (laughs) I confess. You know, folks, right? (laughs) Not posturing here. 
But maybe there are some people in our lives that need us to be a better representative. Need us to forgive. Need us to believe in their potential and possibility. Need us to take time with them. Need us to be faithful to them. Need us to stay committed to what we said we would do. For Paul, the gospel made him live every moment as if it mattered. My prayer is that every moment truly matters to us. That this matter, this moment was, was worth something to you this morning. Not because you're building a brand. <laughs> Not because you're just trying to feed yourself. Get your fill for the week. But that it mattered in the fact that God loves you, is with you, and is calling you into something. That God has a purpose for you in the lives of others around you. That you and I represent something so much more than we could ever imagine, and God wants that to be so much more in us as well. Is the good news good news? Does it shape the way we see things? Does it call us forward and say, hey, this is the team I represent, and am I living like it is the thing that matters most to me? Because guess what? You mattered so much, that God would give his life for you. Paul goes, I'll give it all. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the good news of the gospel of Jesus. You have made us right with you. You've reconciled us. You don't count our sins against us. Lord, again, I kind of want to pause there for a moment. You don't count our sins against us. Your justice in the cross paid for all of the wrong our sin put out into the world and also rescued us from that identity of sin that is just kind of, it's a shadow that, that, that follows us everywhere and sometimes even goes before it. Father, you made us right. And you're continuing to make us right through your spirit. You're continuing to... to, to to form us into the image of Jesus. You're continuing to help us stop contributing to the junk of the world and step into the life that's here in the world. But Lord, I confess, I need, I, I need, to, I need some more help in the head. There are parts of me that just want to keep playing along in the junk, keep wanting to... That, that I, I keep one perpetuating the evil, the wrong, the hurt, the pain, the hatred. Father, I know for me, for us, if we're going to get past that, we need a work of your spirit in us. So work, Holy Spirit. Let the gospel be good news in us. And then help us see others with the potential you saw in us. And continue to see in us. Help us to see the situations we have uh, with, a, with a mindset that you're walking with us and we're not doing this alone. Help us to engage both the valleys and the mountaintops as those who stand secure in your arms and in your hands. Father, it motivated Paul. It moved him to do the spectacular, the crazy, the stuff that, Lord, he, he was willing to give his life. But he could do it simply because he knew how much you loved him, how much you were God. You were his Lord and Savior. Today, help us to believe that just a little bit more. Just a little bit more than we did before we walked in here. Help us to believe it a little bit more when we leave. And again, when we wake up tomorrow. Because you are. You are our Lord and Savior. And one day, you will return. And all things, we'll finally get to see all things as they truly shall be. Thank you for that hope. God, we commit this to you.
We pray to you, we look to you, and we thank you again for your love in Christ. It's in your name we pray. God's people said. Amen. As we reflect on the words that we just heard, we invite you to stand and sing with us in our song of response.
desiring to work through us, and one day we'll get to see it. So folks, let's join in with it. Let's join in that work of new, of life in our lives. Jesus loved you enough to bring you into it. He loves everybody else the same. Amen? Go with this blessing of our God. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance, his smile upon you, and give you his peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And all God's children said, Amen. Amen. Go in peace. Have a phenomenal week. If you don't mind stacking a few chairs, we'd appreciate it. <laughs>